We hope you'll enjoy this episode of Women Worth Knowing. Make sure you rate us on your podcast app, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Hello, hello, and welcome to Women Worth Knowing. My name is Jasmine Allnut, which I'm sure you know by now, and I'm with... Cheryl Broderson, which I'm sure you know by now, too. Exactly. But this is a part two. Yes, and we are also with someone else. That's right. We've got a (laughs) special guest, and if you were with us... Last week, you were riveted by her story Mm -hmm. when she went behind the Iron Curtain. And I am talking about my friend and now Jasmine's new friend, Robin Gunn. And Robin, thank you so much for coming and for sharing your story, Yeah, which is great because, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking, you're a story writer and Mm -hmm. you love (laughs) Hmm, stories. Funny. (laughs) Yeah. How did that work? Interesting. But you love, when did you realize that you loved stories? Well, I was always a storyteller, but I often got in trouble for going on too long or exaggerating (laughs) too much or stealing the thunder of somebody else's, like jumping in and finishing their story for them. (laughs) So I never saw it as a good thing. Oh, interesting. um, But, you know, first I have to say to anyone listening, you... Jasmine and Cheryl are so delightful. I wish you could all be sitting where I am and just having this conversation because they make it feel like, oh, we're just having lunch and we're just, just hanging out. I know. That's right. I do I wish we had tea, it. though. That would be nice. I know. Nice. I, know. Nice. I don't eat a very big lunch. So, like, well. You, you know what's no. interesting to me, though, is um, when you're saying all this, is Isabel Kuhn, who wrote some incredible books. Yeah, and we, I love her. We featured Isabel Kuhn. She's one of our favorites. But she wrote a book on marriage. And she was talking about how she would write these exciting missionary letters uh, home to tell them all the things that were going on with the Lisu people. And her husband, John, said, you know, you can't do this, Isabel. It's it's lies. And she's like, it's not lies. I am just making the story more exciting. <laughs> and John said, you know, Isabel, you know, Isabel, that's lying. That's exaggeration. And so she took it before the Lord to complain about John. And the Lord said, Isabel, I will give you such excitement that you don't need to exaggerate. Oh, I love it. And it was interesting because I had a similar situation in my life. (laughs) And um, reading that book, I was like, oh, I had the same thing, Isabel, even though you're in heaven. And I remember giving it to my mom, this book. And when she read the marriage book, she's like, oh, I never realized that Isabel and I had exaggeration in common. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Everybody can relate. How about that? Yes. Yes. Those storytellers, you know, they just. Yes. Because it's how we see it. It is. It is. (laughs) But I want to talk because we ended last time about this. um, you, You had a fiance in college and then he broke up with you. And it was it was pretty severe, pretty painful. But Mm. instead of staying home and crying, you decided to go to Europe Mm -hmm. and you just availed yourself to whatever the Lord wanted. And that if you didn't hear last week's, you need to go back and listen to it. Definitely. It's you'll you won't be able to breathe. It's just so good. (laughs) So you're you went behind the Iron Curtain. Now you're back in Europe. Um, Tell us. From there forward. (laughs) Well, I came back to California. Okay. And right away, like many people who go on missions trips, you have that problem where within the first week, my friends all said, let's go to Baskin Robbins 31 Flavors ice cream. And you've been in this place of scarcity and you look at 31 flavors and you just cry. Yeah. I, I can't have any. And I had a hard time sort of 
shifting back to yeah, the culture shock. opulence that mm-hmm. we have here. And I it made that me, experience at me too. Target. At yes, Target. Yes. Yeah, totally. Every grocery store, right. the, uh, so much mm-hmm. cereal, really? Mm-hmm. Why, uh, why do we need? But that sense that I got to get back to where there's a need. I, I want to get God's word to people who haven't heard about him. Mm. How does that happen? So I went to Urbana a few months later, two months mm. later, mm-hmm. and that's this missions conference that uh, InterVarsity put on. I don't know. I think they still I was going to say, I feel like I've, I've heard of that for sure. Yeah. I'm sure it's still, yeah. It was fantastic. And what they asked ahead of time was, if you want to go into full-time service, fill out this form. We'll put it in our master computer and match you up with all the ministry opportunities around the world. So we'll take your abilities and interests and education. Mm. So when I got to Illinois and it's at Christmas time, it's cold, and I walked into registration, gave them my name, and I thought, this is it. I am going to receive God's will for my life in the computer printout. Yeah. <laughs> and they handed me this paper and I looked at it, and there it was, top line, laundry supervisor, Nairobi, Kenya. Wow. Oh my gosh. Like with wow. my abilities. <laughs> this is Okay, then I'm going to go wash clothes for Jesus. Helen Rosemary wow. thought that is her first assignment. No, laundry. you're kidding. Really? Yes, and oh, she was that. just oh so humble out disappointed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like, and she fell down laughing because all the laundry fell in the mud. And instead <laughs> of getting upset, she just started I laughing. I forgot about that story. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. Okay. Me and Helen. Yes, yeah. you and Helen were like this. That's right. But that's so, cool. You were yes. willing to accept it instead of be like, oh. So anyway, go ahead. Well, because I really was aware that I didn't have that much experience, but that mm. if that's where I can go to serve, then I mean, I just, I love Jesus. I mm. love him. And I wanted to be where he wanted me to be. And when you go through really difficult experiences early on in your life, whatever it is, even just being sick for six months or mm-hmm. four months when I was 14, like you just get really quiet inside with the Lord. Like, either I'm going to trust you or I'm going to try and make this work my way. Yeah. So I, I think I'll trust you because I, yeah. I know that I don't have any understanding of what you're doing in my life. And I know it's going to be abs- – I mean, the abundant life is abundantly horrible and abundantly wonderful. It's abundant. <laughs> There's just this, why, why do we get stuck on it? It yes. has to be abundantly joyful. Every It's not. Yes. Yeah. So there was that sense. You do when live I, in these extremes. I love that. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, Pressed but not crushed. Yes. yes. Yeah. Struck down but not destroyed. <laughs> yes. It's all in scripture, you see? Uh, yeah. So anyway, I was teaching a girls Sunday school class at that time, junior high girls, and I love teaching them about women in the Bible, and I went to them on the next Sunday and said, girls, I'm going to Africa. I'm going to wash clothes for Jesus. And they said, why? I said, oh, you don't understand. I'm going to get a big basket. I'm going to put it on my head. I'm going to go down to the river. I'm going to wash, and all the women of the village will come, and their babies will be there. The baby elephants in the cool waters of Mount Kenya. I mean, I embellished, like Cheryl was just saying. (laughs) I could see it. This is how I'm going to serve the Lord. So one of the girls raised her hand and said, actually, we we think you should stay here because we like it when you tell us stories about the Bible. It makes Aww. the women seem real to us. Mm. But I thought, no, I can't serve the Lord telling stories. I got in trouble for telling stories. So I waited until the letter came back from the mission, and it was another rejection. Wow. Interesting. I was like, 
do your worst. I mean, come on. I've been rejected by engagement and just they didn't see that I had the skills needed. But I did feel like if I can't even wash clothes for Jesus in Africa, what can I do? Mm. And I started to just really spend more time with those girls because I saw that there was fruit Mm. being born in those young hearts. They're so receptive and tender. And it was while I was working with those junior high girls and we went on a overnight bike ride that I met the man who has been my husband for decades and decades and decades and decades. <laughs> and Ross and I did not really like each other at first. We were so opposite. Mm-hmm. And it was actually two years later through a mutual friend that we reconnected and our first date was to Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, for hey. Monday night Bible study. Wow. Bringing <laughs> I know. people together. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Cheryl was there that night, too. We've just tried to decide, where did you always sit? Because we used to sit here. And... Oh, honey. I was there, like, every night of the oh, week. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Whenever the doors were open, you would find me That's... <laughs> somewhere on campus, usually inside on the floor. We're going to have to watch the videos in heaven. And yes. Go, oh, yeah, there, look, there you are. I am. Put it on I'm over here. And... <laughs> pause. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but but she and I just met a few months ago through a mutual friend, but yes. all these common growing up experiences. So when Ross and I married and he was a youth pastor and we started spending all these this time with the kids mm-hmm. and I was doing more teaching and I loved it. And I thought, I, I would just love to be a good wife and just maybe I can motivate the next generation of missionaries to go out mm-hmm. and tell them stories to just... <laughs> Which is exactly what you do with Women Worth Knowing podcast. I'd love that, to just tell the stories. (laughs) Yeah. So we um, were on a camping trip again with these teenagers and for a week at San Clemente State Beach. And I had already written a few um, children's books. And that was a result of my husband just saying, you just you just have to learn how to write. Go to a conference, hmm. get some training, take a class. And what, there was, what, did he see something in you or was it just something did. that you that's neat. That's neat. And he was the only one who really did. Hmm. It endears him to me even more because yeah. he really saw that it was just very raw with all the storytelling, but that it could be used as a gift. God put that in there. So and that's the thing about when God has gifted each of us in unique ways. That doesn't mean it's good to go ready gifting, but it can be sanctified, mm. refined, and improved. And that's was his point to me. Just learn how to do it properly and get it on paper. So I um was on this camping trip with him and these uh girls in the tent were reading books all day long. Thirteen year old girls, a stack of thirty books from the library. And I went in the tent and said, look, there's sun and sand and surf and boys. What are you doing? (laughs) And they said, we want to read about sun and sand and surf and boys (laughs) rather than go out there. And so I read three of the books with them that afternoon, and it broke my heart because the books were just so over-the-top, romantic, evocative, not Not realistic. Yes, not realistic. Um, Too much information for a 13-year-old heart. Mm. And um, I just challenged those girls and said, I want you to read something else. And they said, we, we can't find anything else. Mm-hmm. So after the trip, I went to the bookstore. I went to the Christian bookstore. I went to the library. found a few books. This is in the mid-'80s. And I brought those back to the girls. They read them very quickly and said, give us some more. But actually, 
we think you should write a book for us because you've written children's books. And we'll just tell you what to write. <laughs> like, how hard could that be, Robin? <laughs> we will dictate. <laughs> well, you know, we'll tell you what we like and yeah. don't like. And they did. And so I, I started with this story centered in Southern California, Newport Beach, young girl from Wisconsin who comes to spend the summer with her wealthy aunt and uncle. And the Christy Miller series began. Oh. But that first book, Summer Promise, I would read it every week to the girls after I taught the lesson. I was shaking every time. And they would tell me the chapter I had worked on as they heard it. Everything they wanted me to change, everything that was wow. wrong. Everything. Worst critics. Oh, I my know. gosh. Or maybe best critics ever. But yeah. yeah, because they made kids. it the book they wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. And I learned so much. Mm. So That's so neat that you were just so, like, open to them, like these kids telling you how to write. <laughs> well, like, they knew what up, they kids. Wanted. It's like, wow. I mean, that's, that's so neat. It's my story. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know, right? I just think that's so, like, humble. And you know to be willing to do that. That's <laughs> but so cool. you know, again, too, this is the this this is your audience. Yeah, that's these true. These are the that people that you want to reach, and these are the hearts. And so, allowing them in, giving yeah. them an investment in yes, this, and ownership in that's it. Yeah. that's so Jesus. I love it. I love. Yeah, keep going. Well, and they really yeah. did. I mean, they they really felt like it was their book because uh -huh. they were crafting it with me. And so then, uh, I sent it off to different publishers, all the Christian publishers I could find, and. Um, a friend of mine helped me to, like, find publishers I didn't even know about. And then they kept sending back those rejection letters. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I know all You're about rejection. Come uh -huh. on. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> but I sent it to Focus on the Family right when they first started publishing. They'd only published two books. Mm. And it was exactly what they had been looking for. Neat. And I got that beautiful phone call, we'd like to publish your book. And it began in 1988 when the first book came out. Mm. Within three weeks, Focus had received their first letter from a teenage girl, a 13-year-old girl who said, when I got to the part in the book where Christy realized she wasn't a Christian because she hadn't given her life to the Lord, I realized I, I haven't prayed wow. either to surrender to Jesus. And I wanted to do it. So I kept reading and I prayed right along with Christy. And I know that Jesus came into my life That's and so I'm cool. going to live for So that sort of, I was a smuggler. I was hiding the gospel <laughs> in a romance novel mm -hmm. for teenagers so that they, this unreached people group of all the girls in the tent were getting to hear the good news in a, in a way they would understand and mm -hmm. respond Receive. to. Mm -hmm. So the wonderful people at Focus said, let's get a whole series going. More books, more books. So I kept writing and writing. I have now written 45 oh books about those characters. And I kept writing other series, the C.R. Jensen series and Glenbrook and Sister Chicks and just on and on. And then some of my Christmas novellas were made into Hallmark Christmas movies. So it's just this reaching this unreached people group and expanding wow. that message of God's love in ways I never, I thought it was going to be washing laundry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, completely different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but this one moment that was so God was, I was asked to teach at a conference in um, Cambridge, England, 
And I had been writing for so long that I was now the specialist that could come and tell everybody else how to write, I guess. And at lunch, I met this young woman across the table who said, um, when I was young, I read the Christy Miller books, and that prompted me to want to go into publishing in the Christian market. And I said, that's amazing. Her name on her name tag was Wambura. I said, where are you from? She said, I live in Nairobi, Kenya. Oh, I said, wow. oh, Wambura, when I was your age, <laughs> I thought I was going to go to Kenya and wash clothes, wash laundry as a laundry supervisor. And she said, why? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's the yeah, girls but... in my Sunday school class. And I told her the whole story. I'm going to get a big basket. I'm going to put it on my head. She laughed and she said, Robin, you did not need to come to Africa to wash our laundry. You sent your stories, and they have washed our hearts. Wow. And then I knew I'm, I'm a missionary woman. <laughs> I really yeah. was having that thing that God had put in my heart to do was happening, but it was his way, his time. Mm, I love that. I love that. But speaking of writing, mm. you were also able to go, and I can't remember where the conference was, but you met someone that had that had been who had received one of the Bibles from Czech. Mm. Can you tell that story? Oh, that's, that's a yes. I will try to <laughs> condense that. Um, I met a man at, uh, and this is all through the writing. Too, yeah, right, right, right. right. Mm-hmm. So I went on the board of directors with Media Associates International, and they do training for writers and publishers in difficult places of the world. Every three years, they have a Lit World conference. And at that conference, the publishers and writers and editors all gather. It's, it's a fantastic ministry. At one of the, at those gatherings, I met a man whose name tag said the name of the mission, and I recognized it and said, I, I traveled with them back in the 70s. And he said, wait. Were you part of the all girls? <laughs> well, yes, wow. you've heard of us. He said, yes, I did, because I was a receiver of the Bibles that went wow. on from Czechoslovakia. I'm from Kiev, and they wow. came to me in Kiev, and I got on a train and took many Bibles out into the, yeah, the, to Ukraine. Beyond. Yeah. And, and I, that is so important now when you consider oh, where the Ukraine yeah, is what's right now. I can barely now. say it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just getting God's word in there mm-hmm. at a time when all those borders were closed. But see, what God had done is I worked for Brother Andrew and, and Corey Ten Boon. I met them. I listened mm-hmm. to them. I watched their radiance of how they loved God. And, and that was so compelling. It was just irresistible. So then there's no fear, really, really, or, or risk of... Why would somebody do this? It's just how does God want me to use the gifts he's given me to further the good news, get it out there? Mm -hmm. So, yes, when Ross and I married, we knew we wanted to do youth ministry together. And he served in different churches in youth ministry 25 years and then went back to seminary and got a second master's in counseling. And then he did counseling for 24 years or so. Mm -hmm. And what we have both seen in our marriage being so opposite, but we can clearly see the gifts in each other and Mm -hmm. sort of call those out so that 
as much as we irritate each other by just speaking the truth, it's because we see it and we mm-hmm. we we know mm-hmm. <laughs> this is something God's put in you and on you, and you need to be a good steward of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why that sounds like my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> this is why Cheryl and I always have so much to yes, talk about. Yes, I, like, I, I see. I see. Yes, yes, great. And we're both introverts. There you go. You well, know? <laughs> and we're both married to extroverts. Yeah. So we're, I I call it a high functioning. Um, oh, introvert. Yeah. Yes. Like, when I'm when I'm able to speak, it's just so joyful. But wow, I need to recharge. You and, I, yeah. and I call myself Retreat. an overcompensating. There you go. <laughs> introvert. Both you, very descriptive. Well, I'm an extrovert, so okay. I don't know what to say. I don't. Yeah, but I I have chilled out a lot over the years. But yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so Robin, um, to date, what's your favorite series, or wh- which one have you seen the most fruit from? Christy Miller series, and they're mm-hmm. for teenage Those girls, kids, yeah. and they have sold millions of copies. They've been translated in different languages. Wow. When um, the publishers in Brazil invited me to come to Brazil because some of the Christian schools were using the books for curriculum. Wow. There's scripture in the verses, and so they're having the students learn the verses and take a test at the end of the chapters. And Wild. I wow. know. My husband and I walked into a... Uh, Auditor- well, it was a cafeteria full of kids that the publisher in Brazil said, this one's not on the schedule, but we have to stop. We have to go to this one. We walked in, and when we started going toward the front with our translator, these 300 girls just started screaming. And I said, what's wrong? Is the roof caving in? He said, no. Did no one tell you? In Brazil, you are a rock star. Oh, <laughs> oh that's so wow. cute. I turned to Ross. I was like, yeah, you remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if you, remember, <laughs> you forget. You extrovert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> you extrovert. I you know. remember this. Yes, yeah. that's right. Now, but, yeah, just that moment with those girls was uh, I asked them if they had any questions, and they said, here's the problem. All the girls in Brazil are reading your books. They're giving their lives to Jesus. They're making good decisions. They're holding out for a hero. They're really trusting God. But— None of the boys in Brazil are reading your books. So what should we do? Oh, wow. And I just knew in that moment, this was a Holy Spirit answer. Like, you go fight like a girl. Get on your knees. You pray for the boys of Brazil that God's Spirit would do a new work in this generation and bring those young men to himself and that he would mm. purify their hearts. And so as we're leaving, we're only there 15 minutes. These girls are lined up at the door, arms linked. And through the translator, they said, tell her, we are the girls of Brazil. Our teacher said we could meet here every Friday after school, and we are going to pray for the boys of Brazil so hard they won't even know what hit them. I love <laughs> that. And I still keep in contact with some of those girls. Wow. And they have made beautiful choices to serve the Lord and really expand the gospel in, in Portuguese in Brazil. Mm. I love that. I know. So it's crazy. Robin, that's a lot of creative writing. Mm-hmm. You know, 40 and that's just one series, 40 creative stories. Yeah. How how do you get inspired with your stories? Because, you know, it's one thing to have like your stories, which aren't even in your book. I know. I should yeah, write them personal <laughs> ones. Yeah. Like yeah, a maybe. kind of a thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, but these, you know, but these other stories, where do you come up with that? How, how do they come to you? Because obviously I know it's the Holy Spirit, obviously, but how does he bring it to you? Mm-hmm. Well, the process that has worked has been to do a lot of 
imagining with just paper and pen or I cut pictures out of magazines to see the characters and I talk to them, <laughs> I introduce myself to them and <laughs> then I they tell me their name and I write it down and I just sort of take what's happening in life for us, for our kids, for friends and go, that's an issue that should be addressed. How can mm. that be confronted in a story? Now, if I were to write a nonfiction book and say, okay, this is how you really need to work on your marriage because I can see that it's different than if I take the characters and have one of the characters not see the issue but start to come around until the end of the book, oh, she realized. Mm-hmm. So then here's this reader who's like, oh, good, a cozy little mm-hmm. little story. Yeah, yeah, a little story. And by the end, I get these letters. I get so much mail. It's so beautiful of, wow, it really got to me. This part of the book, I realized God's calling me to forgive my husband or mm. to reconcile with my daughter and my pride had been keeping me. But I, I didn't tell him that. The characters did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's sort of working with the characters till they feel so real. My kids tease us and they say, Mom. When you're just like losing your brain, you're going <laughs> to be talking Christy. to your characters. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you won't be talking to us. You're talking to the characters. That's so I go, funny. I, I think they're real. They go, we know you do now, but it's going to get really bad. It's going to get very, too real. You know, this, it actually reminds me a little bit of um, Harriet Beecher Stowe when she wrote Uncle Tom's Cabin because. Okay, and you both have oh, the love of Harriet. I love her. But, that, mm-hmm. but it's that whole, I'm going to package this volatile issue of slavery in a story as yep. an appeal. And that's what made such an impact, you know, like on, I mean, the whole nation really and helped lead to the Civil War. And <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Because she could see that that first opening scene mm-hmm. with Simon Legree beating Uncle Tom. Mm-hmm. And she just, well, you know, you know, yeah, you yeah, told no, no, the no. story, but I love it yeah. because when she when it was so real to her, then it was easy to just let the story flow. And I feel that way with. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because we had um, one of our friends on here. Um, Who's who's been um, a missionary, Chris Rapp, and she was yes. saying that yes, you know Chris too. So that good. she just gets filled up. Um, she would get just so filled up with just knowing the Lord that there had to be an outflow. And I think the problem mm. is sometimes is that we don't get filled up. Hmm. That we stop before we're filled up, right. and so when you're not filled up, it's not an outflow. It's not an overflow. That's so good. natural, right? It yeah. just and it's supposed to be an overflow. And I know for us introverts, <laughs> we have to pull back and and get filled up again. Yeah, and then we pour out, and then we're like running back home, like okay, I got to get filled up again <laughs> before we can pour out. Yeah. And I love the good. fact that yeah. it's a, it's it's first being filled. Mm-hmm. And and the Lord just filling you, and I, I love that. Yeah, and it's clear because of the fruit that mm-hmm. that is. It's it's a work of the Lord, and mm-hmm. I love that and you even said yes. And how you said you're, you're smuggling the gospel, yes. you know, just like you did when you were in your twenties. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Before every book, I've written over a hundred books, but before every book, I open a binder, put in a blank piece of paper, and I write out a prayer of dedication to the Lord. And there are books that I have binders sitting there with just the prayer. I never wrote the book, Mm. but maybe I will someday. But it it's just, do you want me to do this? What do you want to say to those readers? And how do you want the story to flow so that it will really I want it to come from my heart, but Mm. I want my heart to be pure so that it'll come from my heart in order to touch a heart. And those, I've gone back and read some of those prayers of dedication, and I realized, wow, all these letters I received from readers who said, this is exactly what I got out of the book. And I look at that prayer that I wrote wow. out, and it's it 
It's at your it all lines up. Wow. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Wow. So I feel like I'm in part of this like flowing thing that God's doing. I don't feel like I'm a writer. I feel like I'm I'm just doing what he created me to do. Mm-hmm. And that's how all of us should be living for him fully, that we're so surrendered and willing to take all the painful, difficult, confusing, mysterious stuff that comes at us and say, you meant it to me for evil. God meant it to me for good. Amen. I don't understand this, but all things are going to work together for good. And then when we are in that mindset, it's it's unstoppableness. Is that Amen. a word? <laughs> it is now. That's a but great one. You know one. what? I also I love the fact, too, that um, if it wasn't for the pain, you couldn't key into somebody. My mom went through tremendous pain growing up. You know, she felt the rejection of being adopted and, Mm. you know, never knew her mother. Um, The rejection of her, the mother who raised her, um, she was abused uh, physically, verbally, mentally, emotionally. Um, And she grew up in that house. It it was hard for her because they were very, um, the mother was very uh, provided for my mother, just the best of everything. But but not the emotional, the nurturing, yeah, the nurturing. nurturing yeah. and it helped my mom to key into other people's pain. Yes, she exactly. could key in almost immediately and know when someone was hurting. I mean, we would be walking, she's like, "Stop! I've got to talk to that woman," and you'd mm-hmm. be like, "No, mom, why? You know, stop yeah, that." Totally. She'd be like, "No, I have to," wow. I, and she couldn't just pass someone crying. She'd have to go over there and talk to them. And next thing you know, my mom would be praying with them. Mm-hmm. But she mm-hmm. had this extraordinary ability. And I think, too, that we don't realize that pain can be really productive. Yeah. And the Lord allows yeah. pain in our life for that productivity. And we're always doing our best to keep pain out mm-hmm. when God's saying, you'll never produce fruit yeah. <laughs> you know, without this. Robin, it's been so good to have you on it was it just went so quickly. Yeah, we yes, we're ready. Whoa, we're already. <laughs> and I got some exciting news. Robin is coming back because yeah. she she is not only you know here we are like it's Robin. She's a fan of this podcast. Yes, and I am. She's got some contributions, which would be wonderful. We yes. can't wait. Yes. So she's working, and um, Robin and I are working on a project together with uh, two other women. Yes. Um, that I think we could announce, but we're we're going to be writing stories, collaborating on stories hey. for young girls, and um, again reaching. Here we go with yeah. with exactly yep. what we've done on the podcast, taking so you know these stories that Jasmine and I have been talking about, and stories that have not yet been heard. Yeah, that Michelle. Um, Yule and mm-hmm. uh, Robin have some contributions. That would be fabulous. And it, if you want to do more on Harriet Beecher Stowe and go deep dive, because we didn't have time. That was before we started doing two-parters. Yes. So we used to try to cram everybody into one episode yeah, and it was a little bit to, stressful. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And we're learning to relax. <laughs> yes. And breathe. It's fine. We're, we're learning we're to, to breathe. Yes. <laughs> so Robin, again, thank you for joining us. And again, um, you want to close us out, Jasmine, just tell them about their stories. Oh, yes. If you would like to send us your stories or the story of somebody you know um, or have heard of that maybe we haven't. In fact, some people have actually recommended um, a few biographies that I was like, oh, yeah, I have heard about that. Thanks for reminding me. So, right. you know, that's totally fine, too. Uh, anything or, like or that. Or a shout out. Just like, like my shout mom's a great person. Can you just say her name on your podcast? <laughs> we would love to give shout outs. We can do shout outs. I've done a couple of those and we did a few mm-hmm. actually. We're Even if it's just like a little five minute clip or something, that's great. That's We would love to hear about that. So you can uh, contact us at graciouswords.com, which is Cheryl's website. There's a link there or women.cccm.com. 
there will be a link there for women worth knowing. So that's how you get in touch with us. Please. We've already received some, so we want to receive more. That's right. We're greedy. (laughs) We're greedy for your story. So thank you again. And until next week, this is Cheryl Broderson. And Jasmine Allnett. And Robin. Robin. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Jasmine Allnett. For more information on Cheryl, visit CherylBroderson.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. You can also follow Jasmine on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. If you think there is a woman worth knowing, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at wwk at cccm.com. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you've subscribed and don't forget to rate us on your podcast app and share it with friends. Thank you again for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Jasmine Allnett.